everybody. Welcome to Street Fight Radio. Glad you're here. Wednesday night, time for a street fight. It's a basement show. You were listening on podcasts or maybe on SoundCloud, wherever, but we're live streaming right now. So thanks for being here. If you're watching on YouTube, Periscope, Twitch, or Facebook, now you get to see the uh, faces behind the ignorant thoughts. This is Street Fight Radio, the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. We've been doing it out of the heart of Ohio here in Columbus for eight years now. You can find us every single Sunday at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, taking your calls on 92.7 or 98.3. That's WCRS in Columbus, Ohio is the place to listen. Or at WCRSFM.org, you can get the stream. Or... Watch us. We do a live stream. You can watch it on YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, all the other places we mentioned. So we're happy that we are getting uh, more people that are tuning in, watching, chatting, joining in on the conversation. Street Fight Group is doing wonderful. Everything is getting closer to a total dismantlement of the ruling class and all hierarchies, just like we planned. Um, We... We'll keep doing the show until we are at peace with the way things are. So it's probably going to take a while. Uh, thanks for being here. What's, oh, if you want to support us, please get on Patreon. We just did the Undercover Business Tyrant episode. That is basically where Brian and I watch an episode of Undercover Boss, and then you can hear us talking shit at the people. Today we did. Uh, I already forgot it. We did the the guy that runs Ryan's Steakhouse and Old Country Buffet, and what else? Uh, hometown Buffet. Hometown Buffet. Yeah, just all those places. Buffets Inc. Buffets Inc. was the name of his company, and we watched him get bullied out of the job and actually quit. And uh, also, he gave away some life changing amount of money. So it was up and it was ups and downs. I mean, it's still downs. And that, like, you know, they hand up all that money to four people. Right. You know, there's more people that could use money in that organization. Everybody still is getting paid shit. Yeah. They didn't raise the bottom level wage to a normal amount, a good amount, a living wage or anything. Right. So, uh, how you doing, man? Pretty good. We're recording this the night before Thanksgiving. Right. Turkey Day. Going to go right. argue with the family, right? Yep. Is that go. what we do? Is that what you're supposed to do? Flip the table if you have to. So by this time next week, I will have not argued with anybody because Brett and I have like a real uh, lucky thing. And it's there's not many benefits to being a podcaster for a living. Uh, you know, what, what, what are the benefits? Free drugs a lot yeah. of times. Uh, you get to go to a lot of free shows. Right. Get paid to just bullshit on the radio and say whatever you want, right? Uh, yeah, that's some that's a lot of bonuses, right? But no health insurance that sucks, and no, no, that's a but, but, but people don't bother you about politics on the holidays because <laughs> they don't want to talk about it with you. They just yeah. don't want to even deal with you, you know. So. I mean, my father-in-law I'm not seeing for Thanksgiving because I'm busy. We have a show in in Cleveland this weekend, and I don't don't have to deal with him this week. And, you know, if I get into an argument, it'll be with a liberal, and those are not as easy as conservatives. You know what's better about arguing? Let's let's talk about this a little bit. Would you rather you have to argue? You're not able to slink out of this thing. You're going to fight with this person. Would you rather argue with a lib or a conservative? 
I have my answer. I think that I have, I do have an issue with getting too riled up and too passionate um, with conservatives because it's just very frustrating to hear how like angry or mean or cruel or rude, whatever it is they're saying. Yes. But also, when you're just splitting hairs with somebody that you generally like, you know, uh-huh. you're splitting hairs with somebody that at least isn't like calling for genocides of people and shit. Mm-hmm. It just feels like, eh, why am I even doing this? Like, I just feel uncomfortable. Like, you know what? You're right. I don't. Whatever. Sure. Let's you're going to hurt eat. somebody's feelings. Right. Too. That's true. That's the issue. Now they feel bad and they know that they think that I'm always judging them because they won't say Palestine or something. <laughs> right. With conservatives. I feel like I can blow that relationship up. Not not necessarily, you know, like I'm not necessarily going to blow up a relationship with a conservative, but I I'm not as afraid of blowing yeah. that relationship up. I'm I can be aggressive with them. Yeah. Because their whole thing is that there are no safe spaces. Right. They're like so I can go with them as hard as I want to. Right. When I'm arguing with a liberal, I am just as mad at them a lot of times, you sure. know? I mean, because, like, we're really... The, the difference between liberalism conservatism is is the excuses they have for doing bad things. Yeah, or, or for not being involved. I think that for the, the thing that bugs me is that I don't like people that think that their politics is just the voting that they do, or, like, yeah. who they rah-rah on the internet or buy T-shirts and support. It's like, we're in a very serious time right now, and you need to be in a, a much more serious mindset yeah. about the world. But I've always found that the arguments with lib- – I'm always I'm 100%. I'll argue with a conservative all day because, like I said, I can yell at them. I can cuss at them. I can act as insane as I want with them because they're going to be more crazy than I am every time. They just are. They get so mad. They're so they're, – they're winning in a way. In the world that we live in now, they're kind of winning, and they just kind of see me as a sore loser, I guess, in a way. But with a liberal... Mine are squirrely, though. I have to say mine are squirrely in that they'll they'll take the long way around not... not, not, uh, not, They'll take the long way around to prove that they're not as cruel or mean or angry or that, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, it's just you get dragged in further into their thing because then they want to they want to clarify and then it's just like it doesn't work still yeah. you know it still doesn't work you know yeah and, you and, have like a low tolerance for like you have a low lower tolerance than i do for like answering asking probing questions and getting bad bad faith answers where with me it's like i'll just keep asking yeah you'll just be like oh yeah that's what you think really yeah, yeah you just I, keep going i'm just uh, i'll just keep asking if it's bad faith but with liberals i find that i do this really weird fucking thing dude where like uh they say something that we're both supposed to agree on and i go like this yeah. i wouldn't say that <laughs> yeah. i wouldn't say that it's <laughs> yeah. a lot of like what the conversation a lot of a conversation or argue with the liberals be going I remember we were going down the street and someone was talking about giving money to the ACLU that we were with. And you were like, (laughs) they could also use your money to, to protect the Nazis. Yeah. Rights too. They they do a lot of that with your money. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> just like a bomb's about to go off, basically. Well, it's like the sound before an explosion happens, like incoming. You're trying to tell him I like you. Yeah, That's my way I of saying love I you. really like I you. Love I so love much. you. But what you're doing, like, oh, you know, I donate to NPR because I want unbiased news. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But they let the dumbest people in the world on there. Yeah, they treat they treat like they treat um anybody, and they they always want to to show the other side of the story. They spend so much time finding the most crackpot side of the story and giving it airtime. Yeah, yeah, and just like look with me, and it's always like I'm not trying to tell you to. I am not telling you to do something different. That is a thing that is probably people don't get about me when I talk to them because like a lot of things I say, I guess come off as like, I like, I like this kind of say, we need to do things differently. Yeah. And I mean, we, I mean me and you and everybody else. I don't just mean you. Right. But when I say that to you. You think I mean just you, yeah, like you not you personally, race. Brett, but people that you're talking yes. to, you know, they think you just mean you. <laughs> yeah. And I, oh, it, they're like, you think you're doing everything perfect. And it's like the, the shitty thing about Brett and I is we run in the same friend group too. And they, we host a show together and we do have a lot of the same politics and at times it feels like people think we're ganging up on them too. Yeah, the other thing too is I I I always do say what I think and I'm just like straightforward about that. Like one thing about being raised an arrogant hillbilly is that like I don't feel any shame about what I believe or think or why I do stuff. And so that turns into like a thing and then it always it's people go on the defensive. It feels like now we are combating like, Oh, who you think that? Well, I disagree. It's like, <laughs> well, we can agree to disagree which I don't like that saying, I but I would rather just talk about this thing. And, you know, I'm going to say stuff that will immediately shock you, <laughs> make you feel bad. You don't have to do anything about it right now. And I'm not holding you accountable. I'm just letting you know that there's like, thousands of other smart people out there that did a little bit more thinking about this topic than, you know, both than what you see on the news, than what you see on MSNBC right. and stuff. You well, know? We had an interesting there's like real, you know, there's real books about like feminism and shit. It's not just like a meme thing that you do on Instagram. Right. We went out, uh, out to the country like last week. And one of the, th- we got into a conversation about Nazis and me and Brett were just sort of like, well, I don't really care if they get killed. Is yeah. basically that was the thing. It wasn't like kill Nazis. Right. It was if a Nazi gets killed, then I'm not going to shed any tears over it. And your wife seemed very shocked with that sort of sentiment. Yeah. Like, well, as in, like, I, like, she thought we were saying, like, Nazis can't be changed and we just have to kill them all. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah. But, but like, it was really, the conversation really had more to do with, like, I think it was talking about a drunk driver yeah, that hit a Nazi, and me and you were both like, well, <laughs> you right. I mean, I guess that's a Drunk driving can lining. be good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess there's a silver lining there, you know? Yeah. And, like, uh, it, and I think it's shocking. You're right. Like, some of the things that, some left opinions can be fairly shocking. Like, telling somebody, I mean... Even telling somebody that the Supreme Court, we should just get rid of the fucking yeah. thing. 
Or like a DEA. Yeah, or ICE. Yeah. I saw somebody today. Abolish ICE definitely yeah. was is an outrageous opinion. Well, At most Thanksgiving dinner tables. Yeah. Well, we need somebody to do something about what? About who? <laughs> yeah. Who? Yeah. You don't fucking know. Yeah. You don't know th- what what the problem is. Yeah. They don't, it's all anecdotal. Right. It's all the same. Like, they'll be like... What about these? Because they're like, I, I guess to them, undocumented worker crime counts as times ten. Sure. To white American or or American, right? That's crime. like a bonus multiplier. Yeah, because and he did it while he was here illegally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he shouldn't even been here. It's like, yeah, <coughs> right. Because that that really is how they feel. Because they'll tell you specific crimes, and it's like, well, but I could fucking go right now and search Google News for rape. And find five white guys that did it. Yeah, this week. Right. That's not a thing. You know, that's that. It's it's like it doesn't multiply because this is a person that you just don't want here. This isn't yours. You don't get to have this. Yeah. That's what the problem. They, they don't and, like that, and they don't. I mean, they are pretty turned off by the tear down America stuff too. I don't think that's usually welcome with open arms. Right. You start thinking about like, I, I know the first thing I saw on the internet when I was able to get back online out of the woods was a rap about please don't die. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And I was like, Ew. <laughs> like this is, this is what we're up. That's to. all we can get. We're all depending on a 90 year old woman, like who just fell and broke her hip, not dying to just keep some semblance of a chance of having a Supreme Court that's not just going to vote to have us all killed. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and like arguing about the police, it's like, I don't, you know, we have to talk about getting rid of the police. Like, I understand you're all afraid and maybe we worry about what comes out at the other end as long as we work on bringing down the level of policing we have now to almost zero because the whole thing has to be, can't be reformed, you know? Well, it's not a, a, a rock. <sighs> What's the word? Like, uh, it's not within, like, the liberal thing to have a a conversation about rethinking policing. It's about directing that policing. It's about directing the bad policing in a way that's good. And it's like, no, just we need to rethink how this bad policing has to go away. It's not positive. It's bad. Or, like, you start talking about the drug war. Like, it's still shocking to me. That at the Thanksgiving dinner table, at the Christmas dinner table, if you say, I think the drug war should just be over, yeah. that's like a, a, a controversial statement, especially yeah. in Ohio, where it's like a lot of people have come in contact with the opiate crisis. A lot of people have come in contact <laughs> with the carceral state over drugs and shit like that. Like, I know why people are mad about, like, I know why people have the kill your heroin dealer. Because America is a place... Where are we don't we don't use our anger correctly. We no. don't know how to do it. We all are this way. I'm this way too. It's patriarchy. Like, yeah. Cause there's times where I need to direct my anger and I direct it at the wrong person too. I get mad at cashiers too, dude. Oh, like yeah. I get mad I, at the definitely. people working at, at I get mad at working class folks all the time. It's not I, I don't want to, and I wanna understand where they're coming from. But I also am not perfect, and I, I like I'm not good at directing my anger. Yeah, and I'm consciously trying to direct my anger. A lot of people are not right. doing that. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, there's plenty of people that are constantly mad all the fucking time. Yeah, and they're not directing it at anybody in a useful way. No. Like, I mean, and it's even like the way that things are, so many people don't even have the thought in their mind to maybe try to alleviate some of their anger I, either. <laughs> like, to the grave. Yeah. Everybody I know is doing it to the grave. Yeah. They're going to be gritting their fucking teeth and just thinking that, like, you know, that the whole world has fallen apart because, you know, we weren't Christian enough or you didn't love the flag enough, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's weird. We didn't do democracy hard enough. People didn't vote enough, you know? Yeah. 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 People are very mad about the voting thing. That is that to me is like a really difficult kind of uh that's a difficult thing to deal with. It's yeah. the 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 people who like think that they got let down by voters. I mean, we we saw after this election, we saw one Texas, one liberal yelling at Texas because if these people who voted libertarian had voted for Beto O'Rourke, right. then he would have won. And it's like, why would a libertarian vote for a Democrat? Like, yeah. why would they do that? They don't, like, believe in the same thing. They do the same thing with Jill Stein all the time. And it's like, look, I wouldn't vote for Jill Stein. But I'm gonna tell you. I mean, she's a little flaky hippie. I mean, it can't be worse than Donald Trump is no, president. I like her. She'd be cool. <laughs> she would be cool. I wouldn't vote for Jill Stein, but like the people voting for her aren't a shoe in for the Democrats if yeah. she didn't exist. Right, right. You know, you don't get to claim people that you don't get to claim people that didn't vote for you. You don't get to say like these people that didn't vote. If they had just gone and voted, the Democrats would have won. How the fuck you know that? Who knows? Who yeah. knows who they were going to vote for? I don't like voting for Democrats. I fucking hate it. Well, I, I promise I will fight tomorrow. I'm not going to go crazy, but I'm going to push back and I'm going to do my best. Because like we always say, the thing is you cannot, you can't lose your cool because people don't give a fuck about what the conversation is about. They care about who stomped out of the, the room angrily and made it awkward. Yeah. I mean, it, for me, it's... And smile. Just always, whenever you're, like, lost in the fucking weeds, just remember to pin your fucking corners of your mouth back and just, like, remain in a fucking calm state. Well, I know who... I know the people that you would be... Well, some of them. And yeah. there are some that are unreasonable, but some of the people... It's so tiresome. Some of the it's people... Like 45 minutes sometimes, those things just drag on. Right, but some of the people you have, you could do a lot of work with just questions. Oh, just yeah. Kind oh, yeah, questions. just peppering them with, like, inquisitive questions. Because I know that a conservative person in the family that you're going to visit, I had a conversation with that person about Common Core. And uh, I, he probably doesn't agree with me still, but, like, at least I got my piece out there and it nobody was mad. Everybody was fine. It was a gentlemanly conversation. Right. And I just walked away and I just said, you know, this is what I said. I said, you when we were kids, they taught us to just do things and yeah. to memorize things. They're teaching kids how to learn now. And that I some of like when they start talking about Common Core history, it's like. I understand that they're coming away with things that you don't agree with, but they've come away with that by thinking about those things. Yeah. Like they spent time thinking and formulating an actual opinion and weren't given that opinion. I was given the opinion. Yeah. You know, we were just handed down something to memorize and then repeat when we were asked. Yeah. And they're learning how to, how information works together and how it, it can be 
controlled and changed. Or just even, yeah, having a conversation with somebody, dude, is like, your mind can change. Your mind can change after you read an accounting of something that happens. You know, a lot of these kids that come out of school more liberal or or more uh, open to left ideas, the, the reason they do, I've been looking at what my daughter reads in a lot of courses and stuff, and it's like uh, she reads like books about orphans and books about slavery and books like these personal narrations of things of for school for school yeah and raising in the sun and, yeah i remember those and just these things that, that are like yeah okay like they're going to come out they will probably come out with empathy empathy because <laughs> they've seen what it's like to be a person right. an oppressed person and that's that's great that's what you want people to come out as these 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 conservatives, a lot of them have never read anything from an oppressed person. They've never read they have never read another side, another person's idea of what the world looks like. And when they do, oftentimes like when they read like something like so like if they read like the soul of black men under capitalism, I think is what it's I don't know. But if they read something like that, they just think it's somebody whining. Because they can't possibly imagine that other people have a different view of what the world right. looks like, you know? Right. And uh, that's sad to me because it's like, that's what changed me. It was just other people's perspectives changed the way that I looked at the world. And maybe it turned me to a leftist. I don't even know if it did that, though. I think my instinct was to just kind of take care of everybody but like I could see coming out on the other end of that and maybe being conservative and just thinking like, well, capitalism fix these people's problems. They can still come out on the other end thinking that they just don't because it won't. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it, it just, I'm always interested in, in, in like our, like I don't want people to go to their Thanksgiving dinner and flip the table over or stomp out of the room, but asking probing questions can make all the difference in the world and maybe help you understand what's going on in their mind. Cause that yeah. is a problem that not, we don't deal with enough. Yeah. And maybe it's fucking empty, dude. Maybe yeah. it's the empty minded. Maybe your cousin that's wearing a monster energy drink, leather jacket has like really dumb ideas in their mind, but maybe, maybe your I, perspective can, can shed some light on things that they don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and there might be something that they can teach you about something not related to politics because they that ruins their brain. But um, uh, I do. I give this advice every single year too. Is also one of the easiest ways to re- keep your head above water is just to talk about yourself. Say I feel this way because I've had this experience. I studied this. I look at it this way. Once you start telling people how they think, they just immediately are like, oh, what does this fucking person know? You yeah. can't tell them you are cruel. You're you're this, you're that. And that's why the questions do ask. Like, is is so when you people get cut off welfare, do you what do you what do you expect to happen for kids that go hungry? You yeah. know, just what ask that question. Next? Yeah, you just I see it next? as like they need more welfare, but you disagree. What do you think would be better? You know? Yeah, what should happen with those kids? Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Like, a lot of people don't follow some of their beliefs to the logical conclusion anyway. It's true. They have no idea what it actually means to say some of, like, some of that stuff, even though it seems like you would make a statement, like, you know, kick them off the rolls or something. 
And then you're like, well, what about hungry kids, you know? Right. What about kids I knew? You know, remember there was a kid in my class that was like this or that, you know? Well, I guess I can talk about this thing that I saw earlier this week on Twitter. Some kid that's not a kid, but somebody that's 18 or 19 posted a thing. 18, maybe 20? Okay, I don't know. okay. They posted a thing that said, I did not know that back in the early 2000s, they changed the name of French fries to Freedom Fries in the cafeteria, and like that set that I little, forgot about that. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. But people that were two or three at that time, had four, no idea. yeah, they had no fucking idea, and they're adults now. Yeah, that says a lot about what our minds mindset was at that time. Oh yeah, and I've been thinking about other things because, like, when you ask how we ended up in Iraq, it's like. I want to send you the list of songs that Clear Channel wouldn't let them play on the radio because of 9-11. Yeah, Rocky Mountain <laughs> High by John Dever. Yeah. yeah, just songs with the word fly in them, or airplane, or bodies, right. or like, um, like... Yeah, that that list of songs was crazy, right? And and like people were just with it. Really, there were leftists yelling, but you didn't hear that voice ever. That oh. never came out. It says all songs by Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, they they didn't play them for years after 9/11. Clear Channel just banned everything. They didn't want anything non-patriotic on there. The Bengals walk like an Egyptian? Egyptian. Oh, vague references to the Middle East. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And people don't know how wacky the world was at that time. That was such a different time than it is now. Yeah, they were like, shut it down, shut it down. Louis Armstrong, what a wonderful world. Yeah. And I think to myself, yeah, what a wonderful world. Radio, why would you play that song? It's not a wonderful world right now. Have you seen 9-11? Did you watch that video? Why would you play that? Yeah, it was it was John just such Lennon. A weird time. Imagine that's a good one though, right? Because I at the time because it was anti-war. There were a lot of songs that they just didn't yeah, want because like, they were anti-war, anti-patriotic. That's yeah. fucking crazy. And I at that time was very conservative. And do you want to know why I was pretty conservative at that time? You know, want to know why my politics fucking sucked? Because I didn't know where to fucking look. Yeah. For anything else. Yeah. And I got what was there. And it seemed reasonable to me not to play Rage Against the Machine. We're trying to come together as a nation right now. Sure. You know? We don't need them hooting and hollering about how the (laughs) KKK or the police and shit. (laughs) We don't need the Dixie Chicks going over to London and talking bad about our president. We're rallying behind right now. Yeah. I know that sounds so stupid to people, but it was... I don't know what it was about that specific thing, because... A lot of bad shit has happened since then, but that changed everything. That set the clock back. And there's a yeah. lot of people now that you're going to go argue with on Thanksgiving and on Christmas and these uh, these holidays that their mind is still there. That yeah. is the defining moment of their life. That was a, a very defining moment yeah. for them. That was a moment. It was just, I remember this. Everything changed that day. Things were way different before that. And now we have to have a dip. Because they would say, like, they said never forget because they said we lived in a new world where we had to be more aggressive. And that's right. the way that we thought. So, you know, we're we're just trying to get 
even some semblance of like you know the fbi is still chasing down muslims oh yeah instead of white supremacists oh yeah you know their money is being directed towards that yeah yeah percent they're all that stuff still happening like all the stuff that we were that the left was marching against a lot smarter people than me at the time i will brett was smarter brett uh vandalized the billboard didn't you i did yeah what what was it i i made a big giant poster that said no no blood for oil (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you fucking rule, man! I climbed to the climbed to the old blockbuster and hung it up on a uh, billboard. Yeah, <sighs> if we and had then, met each other five years earlier, we'd have been mortal enemies. You think so? Oh my we god! Just, yeah, I, I have. A, oh, like, oh yeah, you would have just been an asshole. I have like a real, uh, a vivid memory of being in my apartment. I had a one bedroom apartment in Reynoldsburg, Ohio, uh, in two thousand three, when they were about to do. I believe Afghan, no, shock and all. And I remember sitting down with my wife and saying, you know, I don't like that civilian, there's going to be some civilian casualties here. And I don't like that, but this God, is something oh we have God. to do. That's this disgusting. Is, I know. I fucking, dude, I, I think about it all the time. Sure. When war comes up now, because I'm like, I was just thinking, like, it's okay that a certain amount yeah. of people die so that I am comfortable. Right. And uh, so that I get a, a big truck. Yeah. And we're like having these conversations about like why it has to happen. And like and when I think about it now, I'm like, I didn't even have any good reasons for why war had to happen. There was no reason for yeah. us to do that. And I wasn't giving good reasons other than, you know, 9-11 happened. So well, we the guys kill a bunch of people. Yeah. I remember talking to somebody one time when the banks melted down and I was like, dad, not and I just gave it up. I was like, you gotta know this is like a fucking sham, dude. Like, the the it's just like they're screwing us all, man. It's it's over. And he's like, well, you know, Hank Paulson, he's the guy that knows. He's the guy that knows how to handle these things, and he says we have to do this or that. And like, just totally bought into this bailout of the fucking banks when it was like, dude, you've been pitching me your whole life to me that if you fuck up, that's on you, right? You've been right. Pitching- personal responsibility every fucking day of my life yeah and these fuckers go and screw all the banks dude let them fucking burn man what do you what do you how are you now i was just like so pissed about people that that you know on that about that shit yeah i agree there was a lot of that too well you know the actually the funny thing about the um (laughs) the funny thing about the the uh graffiti thing was i did it with my buddy who was way more in shape than me. And so I couldn't even, we went to a waffle house, this waffle house billboard and climbed it, but I couldn't climb all the way, all the way to the top. Cause I couldn't do a pull up Aww. and it's stuck in my mind forever. And that is why, like I still stick to working out because I'm like remembering that time that I couldn't do anti-war graffiti. And I was just literally pulling with all my might so you're always preaching fitness for the revolution. Yeah. And that probably is the exact like moment in right. your life that made you think like, we can't win this thing if we can't right. do a pull up. Yeah. <laughs> I can't eat fast food hamburgers all day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that actually made can I bring this up now? Yeah. So I wanted to mention this because um, it, I mean, they did a fundraiser a few months ago and they're still accepting money, but there's this really cool place in Chicago called the Haymaker Gym. And it's a totally, it's like a pay what you want, Jim. People go there absolutely free. Weight room. It's a, like, an, it's an Antifa type bullshit. I don't know. They're like, 
They're comrades. Antifa type bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's yeah. They treat like self. Def- they teach self defense, martial arts, fitness classes. Um, they're like a you know friendly to everybody. Uh, open their doors, and they just need money to pay the rent. And I think that if you have some extra money, and especially if you're got your workout game going strong and you want to help some other people. I would think signing up for their Patreon is even a good idea. I just did that for 10 bucks a month um, because I now have a trainer that I work with. I found a pretty good deal on and I'm paying like $80 a month to go work out with this guy once a week. And it is just the best way to stay in shape, dude. Like having another person to consult, consult, you know, I don't have to, I'm not like up all night looking in looking at my computer looking at reddit looking at twitter trying looking at instagram trying to hack a pinterest to tell me what i'm supposed to do it's like just having a fucking consultant and uh having people to work out with is a great community so i really appreciate what they do i would love to see it catch on because um more people need this i think in their life yeah yeah makes it easier it's it's such a like it is such a rich person's thing i mean it's so much easier when you have the money to pay someone to tell you what to eat and what to when to work out and how to do it, you know. Yeah, I agree. I'm I agree. Like, we need more of that. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> you're such an asshole. You were like reading your phone the whole time, and then I'm sorry. We do need <laughs> we do need people to train. I thought you were doing like a thing, so I didn't want to cut in. <laughs> it's not like no. I was talking about it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes, it's I fine. agree. I'm sorry. Now I feel bad, like I wasn't paying attention. I was just looking at my phone because I needed to see what I was going to do next. Okay, That's the thing I do. Sure, the next thing. Sure, I shouldn't have. It's fine. <laughs> All right, let's let's. We got a couple things to get. I was also looking at the time, which I now that you've called me on it, I had forgotten what time we were at. All right. All right, we're now good. We're back on. Course. You want to do a news story? Yeah. Okay, here we go, baby. I'm trying to... Over the weekend, singing legend Jimmy Buffett campaigned for Florida's big governor race, supporting Democrat Andrew Gillum, and even tweaked the lyrics to his song Come Monday to make his point. At the Get Out the Vote rally in West Palm Beach, not far from Trump's Mar-a-Lago, the crooner sang, Come Tuesday, things will change. Come Tuesday, we're making a change. It's been two insane years. Time to really switch gears. I don't know how the song goes, so I just... No, it sounded right, yeah. Yeah. That's La Bamba. Buffett 71 did not, didn't stop with his Trump diss. While singing what is arguably, arguably his most famous song, Margaritaville, Buffett also called out current Governor Rick Scott, yeah. a Republican, for being at the root of the state's environmental issues. Some people say there's a red tide to blame, but I know that's Rick Scott's fault. <laughs> ah, yes. Some people say that there's a red time to blame, but I said, boop, 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 boop. It's Andrew all Rick, Rick Scott's Scott. fault. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. No surprise. Parrot has to go nuts for that. No surprise. Yeah, man. How are we going to enjoy this beautiful sunshine? <laughs> there's lots of guys with one ear pierced at that fucking concert. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this. My father-in-law that I argued with for a number of years was a member of both the NRA and the Sierra Club. Okay. They're invi- they care. Right, right. A little bit. 
about they were like, keep this all nice here so I can kill whatever eats here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no surprise, Trump sport supporters did not like this. So we got some tweets. Okay. By Trump supporters. We love this. This is one of my favorite things about Donald Trump for president is that celebrities hate him and then their fans get mad and then they boycott things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's my over. favorite thing. It's over for Margaritaville. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Margaritaville's fucking closed. Uh, sorry, Jimmy Buffett was a loyal f- fan for years. Ignored the political pot, so- pot shots and played them off as your gypsy soul. What? But no more. This longtime fan is done. It's been a lovely cruise. Holy that's moly. That sounds like quite the same. P Dog 999. He called him a gypsy. That's not, you don't yeah, say that you say word. That? That's a word we don't say. Okay? Come on. Dr. Gina. Real Dr. Gina. Aw, oh, Jimmy Buffett. So disappointing. So many eerie fans relate to the blue-collar billionaire president who has his raised job numbers and wages and set record low unemployment so they can afford vacations you sing right. about. Sad. I loved your music. Yeah. <laughs> this fucking idiot doesn't even know when a tax break's helping out his own damn career. Yeah. The blue-collar billionaire. Yeah. Yeah. B- <laughs> You're not allowed to call him blue collar. He's the softest baby. He's got the softest baby hands. Yeah. He's not blue collar. I'm I don't even get to call myself blue collar. And I've worked all the blue collar jobs. Right. You know, but I don't do anymore. So I don't get to call myself blue collar. And right. I never would do that. They call fucking Donald Trump blue collar. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know where that comes from. I mean, that's total just disconnection. That's total disconnection from reality. That's like you wake up, you have a narrative in your mind. Some scrappy young guy from New York City took it for all it was worth and became the goddamn president. (laughs) Some orphan. Yeah, yeah. Some orphan named Donald Trump. (laughs) Changed his name. So Donald Trump, president. So here's a response to that one from Restore America. That's at Save the Republic. (laughs) You know, when people call it it a republic republic. instead of a country. It's a republic. They're the bad ones you don't want to argue with. Democracy sounds like Democrat, but it's actually republic, which sounds like Republican. (laughs) (laughs) If somebody says it's not actually a democracy, it's a republic. Just walk out of the room. That is a walk out of yeah, the room. Yeah, that's a don't get don't get bothered with that hornet's nest. <laughs> that's an abort mission one. That's one you can just stomp out of the room. Like he said we live in a fucking republic. Alright. Where's, where's the Cavassier? I'm gonna run out there and get another spray. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, that's fine. Yep, never mind. Here's a response. After to- I thought about it, it's a republic. <laughs> yep. yep, republic. Whatever, Bye, it's a republic. Yeah. Where's that uh pecan log? <laughs> I here's a but here's their response. I agree. I was always a parrot head, but couldn't be more disgusted that he's just another bubble living, out of touch POS like the rest of the privileged Hollywood lowlights. Yeah, he made his money from the system Trump is trying to protect, and this is how he repays America. MAGA, MAGA. <laughs> They're babies, dude. They're yeah. crybabies. How dare you say? How dare you say he's a bad president? Yeah. How dare you? How dare? How? Well, I mean, he's not. Jimmy Buffett's not allowed to have a fucking opinion. Yeah. He's Jimmy Buffett is just signed over his right to have an opinion. I'm not a Jimmy Buffett fan. Right. But I like him a little bit more. Now, anybody that disses Trump publicly yeah. and then makes the Trump people sad. Yeah. I like them. That's like a thing where I'm like, yes, 
but I do like you. Be, I, and it's like, you, you can be the worst person. But it's like, just the way that they get mad and then the people that they have to gravitate toward, you know, where it's huh. like the only that like the only concert they could go to now is like Kid Rock and fucking like the guy that was supposed to open up for ZZ Top. Right. <laughs> and like I guess a speech by that Sheriff Clark from Yeah. <laughs> the, the deplorable choir. <laughs> Diamond and Silk, I guess, could be up there. Yeah. They don't sing, though, so they had to do stand-up. Jimmy Buffett, thought you were smarter than just blindly support Democrats. Don't get it. That's Jerry okay. Marcus. Okay, fair. <laughs> well, I used to be a Jimmy Buffett fan. This is my favorite sentence. Favorite sentence alert for everybody. Okay. This is the best thing that they do. Way to alienate half the people buying your music, yeah. Jimmy. It's not. It's not half the people. Half the. I mean, uh, most of the people that you're hanging out with, you MAGA people are hanging out with, think that he writes sinful music. <laughs> yeah. Can I just say also about like Jimmy Buffett sells fucking margarita machines and crime novels. He doesn't need your money anymore. No, he no. has. He has so much money. Yeah, he has a vacation resort. <laughs> he has restaurants. Called yeah. Margaritaville Restaurant, Cheeseburger in Paradise, that people go eat at. Jimmy Buffett doesn't need you. And just understand that he doesn't need you and he doesn't fucking care about you. Right, but they're allowed to be hurt by that, right? I, I mean, they're funny. allowed to express their hurt feelings. I know, but expressing that hurt, in a way, makes them look bad because of the way that they carry themselves about everything else. Sure. You know, like, so... Like, a black kid gets killed in a community, like Ferguson. Mike Brown gets killed. The community comes out and expresses grief, and they fucking can't believe it. And they flip out, and they lose their fucking minds. But then they get to go out and express grief when Jimmy Buffett says something that hurts their feelings. Okay. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, I, I'm fine with it. Do it. Hey, yeah. get your feelings out there and right, everything. Right. I'm just saying, you're mad because Jimmy Buffett hurt your feelings. That's right. what you're mad about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it hurts deep. I, I used to be a parrot head. I can't be a parrot anymore. <laughs> this is from Joe Estes. I will never feel the same about Come Monday again. And I loved that song. <laughs> <laughs> you're just going to be sitting there like, well, he was writing this song about dirty Democrats. <laughs> he wrote this song for Democrats. Can you believe it? Yeah. Here's the response. Yup, me also. Libs destroy everything they touch. No more Buffett for me. I was a big fan. Sad. Sad. I love sad. I love sad, sad too. Good. Oh, man. Well, Jimmy Buffett just lost a fan from Juanita Henry. Okay. I'll bet you. And, and another thing about these things. Half these people don't listen to Jimmy Buffett. That's yeah, the other for thing. Sure. Like they don't care about Jimmy. You're right, Buffett. right. They're like, well, yeah, I, I I liked it once. I went 15 years ago with a friend that dragged me, and uh, now I'm just gonna say I'll never do that again. I saw Chuds talking about boycotting Ti one time because he did a video. Oh yeah, with yeah. the Ivanka as a stripper thing, and they were like, oh. I'm, I'm boycotting T.I. And I'm like, oh, I'm sure. Sure. He's yeah. real hurt about yeah. that. <laughs> What's he going to do without the Proud Boy showing up? They only show up in such strong numbers. Well, it's like older, like 
Retirees oh, and stuff oh, like that. You will never catch me listening to goddamn T.I. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't expect you. No thanks, Tip. This is Charles D. Ribot. Too bad. I used to be a real Buffett fan. No more. I expected better of Jimmy. Really? <laughs> you thought you didn't think he'd be more laid back? I I mean I I I, well, I mean a guy, somebody that only wears fucking sandals is I know. usually just pretty fucking caring. But again, I could have been tricked into believing he was a chud in a way yeah. because of the margarita machines and just he sells everything. He's like a industry. He's like us. If we could do it. I guess. Yeah, you're right. No, I can't sell shit. But we wouldn't sell. I can't even do Teespring because they're not union made. I know. We wouldn't sell, like, yeah. Like, we wouldn't try to. We don't try to squeeze every penny. Yeah, he is. You're right. He's like Gene Simmons level. Yeah. Of awful. The fact remains, Buffett's not singing a new tune. Not unlike Willie Nelson, who also shocked fans with his political preference. What? (laughs) (laughs) This is... Yeah. Buffett has long supported Democrats and hasn't been afraid to get political, especially about the environment. In 2010, the star born and raised on the Gulf Coast criticized former President George W. Bush for being too cozy with the petroleum industry, which he has said had polluted the water in the Gulf, according to the deep, including the Deepwater Horizon oil spill. It was more about eight years of bad policy before Obama got there that let this happen, said Buffett, an Obama supporter. It was Dracula running the blood bank in terms of oil and leases. And he didn't support Trump's run for president. Quite the opposite, he held a star-studded fundraiser for Hillary Clinton at his home in the Hamptons. We'll also point out that if some of Buffett's fans decide to boycott him, it won't hurt his bottom line. He's one of the wealthiest celebrities there is, according to Forbes, and and he is worth $550 million as of 2016. Whoa. So, he should... Had the uh, the alienated half your fan base thing is yeah mwah. like because he doesn't care D- like when I say he doesn't care I also mean that like fuck you if you don't like it then fuck you if you don't like me expressing my opinion I don't want you to be my yeah. fan they think of everything as like this customer is always right yeah financial transaction. And they don't understand that people who perform for them don't think of it like that. They right. can't fathom that, like, I don't fucking care if you're the customer. Right. How about that? I'm doing this. Yeah, this you is what get I get what I do. Yeah. I don't care what the fuck you think about what I do. I didn't get into this so I could do customer service. Right. <laughs> you know? All right. Let's, uh, let's take a look at a story that I, I saved. He should play that Pina Colada song, right? But he change some do, of the lyrics. Yeah. Did you like Pina? That's not him. I know it's not, but he should play it, though. He should. He should play it live. Yeah, he should do a cover of that shit. Because like 50% of the people that go to that concert Wanna are expecting see to hear it. Pina Colada! <laughs> Trump supporter Hayes Katsios runs a North Carolina pool maintenance company. But she's got a side bet that she thinks might make her fabulously wealthy. Okay. The Iraqi Dinar. What? The currency is nearly worthless outside of Iraq, but Katsios bought millions of dinars in April after watching a video of President Trump at a 2017 press conference. In the clip, clip, Trump says with characteristic vagueness that all currencies will soon be on a level playing field. Okay, so I'm going to get you started right here. What? 
Yeah, I'm going to get you into this. We're, we're going to ease you into this. So this woman owns a bunch of Iraqi money. Sure. Because she saw a video where Trump said all currencies are going to be on a level playing field yeah. in 2017. So this was like last right. year. Right. And uh, first of all, Trump never knows what he's Doesn't know what that about. means. <laughs> Yeah, he just never just has any sounded. idea what he's saying. What again? We we posited that maybe he doesn't know how to read because he doesn't like do a teleprompter. He kind of just stands there and talks off the top of his just head. blurt stuff out. Yeah. In reality, Trump was talking about trade imbalances with China. But like other Trump supporters who have fallen into the DNR investment scam, which has existed since at least 2012, Katsios interpreted Trump's rambling statement as proof that the Iraqi DNR would soon be worth as much or even more than the dollar, right. making anyone who, is, who had been smart enough to buy in early a millionaire. Why would he would never make that happen? <laughs> this whole system deals with like controlling people's money and shit and how much it's worth yeah <laughs> the banks he can't just he is this part of like a QAnon like deep state thing or something is this like a, is that what he's saying well okay i mean no i don't think they're QAnon. i think they're their special thing this article is kind of it oh. goes into a lot of this stuff okay i love my president and i was like oh my god Cozios told the daily beast the purchase, Katsio said, cost her and her husband somewhere between five thousand and ten thousand ah, dollars. Ah, that's a lot. That's not like a hundred dollars. Might be worth. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, these motherfuckers got pallets of Iraqi dinars in there. <laughs> I want to give credit to the person who wrote this too. Before we get it. Will Summer, W I L L S O M M E R. I love this. Um. I love this article. This article made a difference in my life for sure. Uh, So they, her and her husband, somewhere between $5,000 and $10,000, counting the cut to the company that sold them the dinars, two of her adult children have bought millions more dinars too. Oh no. Like She got her dumb family into it. (laughs) She made her stupid kids buy it. I know. I know. I know. I know. I'll tell you what, your mama never lied to you. That dinar is going to be worth the same as a dollar. Is that real? Oh my! I'm gonna God. get dinars for this everybody like for month. Christmas. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Coming soon to the street fight store. Iraqi dinars. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be worth a ton someday. Like other investors in the incredibly long shot dinar scheme, Katsios hopes that Trump and the Iraqi government will somehow revalue or, or in parentheses, RV. The currency boosting its current value of less than 0.001 to three dollars or four dollars a piece. So that's what they're doing. They they so you, oh I bought a couple million dinars. Right. Trump's gonna RV this because they even have like language yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah. You know, Trump's gonna just RV this thing as they do sometimes. Sometimes they'll just RV money. That's right, just right. the thing that they do. He's going to RV this thing about three to four million dollars. It's going to be great, and I got it all for ten thousand dollars. <laughs> That oh man, dinar promoters. That, this would pl- be cool. I mean, that's this would be tight though if that happened. I mean, if it happened, yeah. If yeah. you could just, uh, of course, if I could go buy Rolls Royce with Iraqi dinars, I'd yeah. be happy as hell. Right? You know, dinar promoters have claimed that near mythical event will occur for nearly a decade. 
But if it does, it would theoretically make a millionaire out of anyone with the foresight to put just a few thousand dollars into dinars. If it happens, it'll be awesome, and there'll be a huge party at my house, Katsio said. Oh, my God. The rumored wealth surrounding the dinar dates back to his pre-golf war price, when each dinar was worth more than $3. But sanctions and years of war have pummeled its value to less than one-tenth of the U.S. penny. Unfortunately for American investors, the long-awaited RV never seems to come. The pers- someday. <laughs> someday, is there a company that sells them? Yes, there are. There are dinar dealers, dealers. that will hook you up with a bunch of dinar. Yeah, of worthless pieces of paper. <laughs> yeah, outside of where's it from? Iraq. Outside of Iraq. The persistently low value has inspired warnings from state regulators and several indictments against dinar sellers accused of misleading Uh. investors about the currency's prospects. But that hasn't stopped the dinar investors from buying and counting on the much-awaited RV to make them rich. See, this is the thing. That's the thing. Now, there are people coming out and saying... Don't spend any more money on this. Right. This is definitely not going to happen. And it just fuels them more because of this, like, conspiratorial thinking that everybody has. Yeah. Everybody thinks they know a little bit better. Like, sure, it's like, oh, yeah, 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 sure. That sounds like good advice. You know, you never made a million dollars off of a get-rich-quick scheme. Why would I trust you? (laughs) What do you know about that? I mean, and also, look, I'm dumb. And, like, maybe I'm a little more savvy now. But if somebody had come to me in 2003 and told me about this and talked about the RV, like if they would have said revalue or they call it in economics an RV, um, yeah, that's going to happen, you know, and I'd have been like, oh, I'm listening. <laughs> See, I need more than just an offhanded comment from Trump. I'm confused. I need to know the what is backing this up. There has to be some sort of promise or more like evidence that we're close for them to keep selling it yeah because um i mean i don't know it's just absurd dinar holders regularly tweet at trump and various iraqi government twitter accounts demanding to know when they'll finally enact the rv that will let the money flow in the dinar scam has become particularly trump-centric since 2015 over rumors that trump has personally invested in the dinar Oh, so there is more backstory. The other thing I'm thinking is that this is going to happen in a lot of different weird ways being online because of Bitcoin, because Bitcoin was something that was a dollar and then it became a thousand dollars. Yeah. 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 That's true. You're right. Like, cause there's times where I look at Bitcoin, and I'm like, fuck, why didn't I buy that? Yeah. And cash out at the right time, which yeah. I wouldn't have done because oh, no. I just keep letting it ride. I, I mean, honestly, if I put in $10 and it got to 70, I would have taken it out. Like, See, I'm I, too dumb to do that. You know how you watched me gamble, dude. Yeah. But I mean, to miss out on a thousand though. Yeah. And getting out at 70, I would just couldn't, I couldn't have $70 sitting there and being like, well, fuck, I'm going to take that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the DNR scam, oh, so search engine re- searches related to Trump and the DNR have a shot up. According to Google Trends, returning hoax articles claiming Trump has bought millions of dollars worth of DNRs. And I have a little tweet here from somebody named Betty J. Harris. 
Mr. President, I know you're a business man above all else. You can balance the American budget and save an American generation if you will only stabilize the Iraqi dinar. <sighs> They're tweeting at me. Yeah, it's so de- old it. people are so depressing, man. I know, and they got all the extra money. They're just wasting it. Uh, the, they don't have this money. You're right. They're, it's true. This is because this is like stretching people like me. Because listen, if a retire, if I had a retirement, right, and I worked and worked and worked paycheck to paycheck every fucking week. And then I got, finally, I'm at my retirement and there's a big deposit in my bank. As I assume that's how it works. I don't really fucking know. But I would probably be willing to spend $10,000 at one time because I'm dumb. Right. And I just make bad decisions when I have a lot of money. And, but this to me, I think you're also probably have people that, Worked and worked and worked and didn't get their savings account started until they were fifty or fifty-five and only have five to ten thousand dollars and it's like, uh, this ain't. I'm not going to retire on this. Like, I need to get money fast. Oh yeah, Trump supporters like Katsios have also been drawn in by videos showing the prophecy of Kim Clement, a South African prophet whose fans believe predicted Trump's election before his death in 2016. Clement also often mentioned a dinar reevaluation. It was like, okay, well, God said the Iraqi dinar is going to revalue, Katsios told the Daily Beast. God? Yeah, okay, yeah, God had a little bit to say. Okay. This another guy. Okay. Dinar-related threads on Twitter and YouTube fill up with Trump supporters asking the president to somehow force the revaluation. Mr. Trump, I really admire you. Please help us with this RV, wrote one Twitter user. Another asked Trump to increase the DNR's value to give us the financial tools we need to support your efforts. I feel for him. I feel for him, but it's also it sounds like, like a good hack. It does make sense. Like I rem- I've seen people do Forex before. There was a guy I knew for a long time that had this computer thing that ran all day long, and he would just buy and trade currencies. And he made a few hundred dollars a day doing it. Yeah. I could see how this makes sense. I could never see this happening in my fucking life. I've seen people do really well with gambling, too. Sure. I mean, that's True. another thing. I've seen people, like, fucking... Make $100,000 a year. Right. I have a friend I... who knows somebody that gambled a fucking way out there long shot on the Super Bowl and won, like, a hundred grand. Oh, wow. And was just like... Went on a vac- took all his friends on vac- spent all the money right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's cares? what you do when you are gonna when- die young. Uh, in a video of one of Clement's prophecies about the DNR, a Trump supporter insisted in October that Trump was central to the whole plan. President Trump is key, the commenter wrote. Nobody thought he would win. He will trigger the Iraqi RV. So they've been at this before Trump. Okay, but okay. now they're convinced that Trump has millions of them, and he's just gonna do it. Which, I mean, here's the thing about Donald Trump. If he did have millions of them and he could revalue the Iraqi currency, he would do it. I just don't think he can. I don't think that's a power that the American president has. I don't know how everything works. Seems wild. But it doesn't... Jay Addison, attorney who an attorney who follows financial scams, watched for six years as DNR believers' hopes for a revaluation failed to materialize. After writing a 2012 blog post about why the DNR was a bad investment, Addison heard from DNR investors who insisted the RV was about to occur. <laughs> like they, it seems like they're all just like the RV is going to fucking happen, y'all. It's definitely going to happen. So. 
It's it's wild. It's not that the revaluation is totally impossible, according to Addison. It's that companies that sell dinars and dinar gurus vastly exaggerate the likelihood of a revaluation. They're basically told that it's a sure thing, nine out of ten, Addison said, when it's actually one in a hundred billion. Katsios, low. <laughs> that's not good on nothing. Be that Katsios, like other, buy a lottery ticket. Yeah, get lottery. Just do the lottery. Yeah. That's a better investment than the Iraqi dinar. You'll get some money back at least. Invest. Okay. The investors who call themselves dinarians gather on forums with names like Dinar Detective to dissect every news item for what, if anything, it can mean for their dinar. On another site, Dinar Vets would, Dinar Vets would be posters have to verify or denarify themselves by posting a picture of their dinars to prove that they're really committed to the cause. Other fans post dinar unboxing videos on YouTube, filming themselves as they open envelopes filled with the dinars they hope will one day make them wealthy. On Facebook, some dinars groups are devoted to praying for the dinar revaluation to come soon. Like, I just... Smart. The thing that gets me, that gets me in the mind, like, the, the thing... It's like you get in the mind of them and like you can't tell them that it's not going to happen. Like you can say it. You can say this is not oh, going to happen. But they like, they could. already it's they already did. They already gave the money. Yeah. The, the $10,000 is gone. So you might as well just be like. It happens sometime, I guess. Yeah. Like, if you're in a conversation with a dinarian, why, would you give, why give up hope? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, um, but the dinar-specific corners of the internet are also rife with manipulation. In October, the owners of a Georgia-based dinar reseller that made $600 million selling the dinar and other currencies were convicted of fraud for misleading investors about the dinar's chances to gain value. Their scheme, according to prosecutors, included paying off a dinar guru to tell his fans in chat rooms and conference call that he had high-level sources in American and Iraqi government and international financial institutions that were sure a reevaluation was imminent. Dinar holders had what one of the accused sellers described as like a cult-like devotion to their dinar guru's news, but according to prosecutors, those government sources were entirely fictitious. The most devoted dinar investors tend to become obsessed with the minute details of Iraqi politics, convincing themselves that a new director of the Iraqi Central Bank or a particular infrastructure program in Nineveh is all that stands between them and millions of dollars. So now these people are like reading Iraqi newspapers (laughs) and trying to like figure out if they're saying they're hiding right, stuff, right. I we have to do something about. What? We just have to do something about this, like uh, conspiracy, the QAnon, the Mueller investigation, the DNARS. Like this is a virus, like going through the boomer yeah. population, and like that we need to figure out like how to deal with this because it's becoming. All of our grandparents, all of our parents are going to live with us now because they're all invested in some fucking scam. <laughs> they're about to die. Right, right. It's like, it's really, it just cuts across like, and it is, it's boomers. It cuts across like this wide swath of different kinds of people and it's all different things, but it's all this, like, everything's a conspiracy and and it's like a, there are people it's an ego like narcissist thing 
It's just like I know better than everybody else, and I figure this out, and I I I know what's really going on. You know? Yeah. I mean, the QAnon people believe that JFK Jr. is still alive, and that he's going to come out tomorrow and start getting knocking everybody down. Oh, they think man. JFK Jr. is Q. That's their belief. Is that the guy that died in the plane crash? Is it's Q? Okay. I just saw this the other day, and it's how just many like, are there though? I've never met one. I've I've never met one, but I'm that, we again. We don't groups. run into circles. How do we get in those groups? I mean, you can get into the QAnon groups on Twitter easily. You just you know Follow the same on. way we got in all of them. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a look at uh, another thing here, real quick. That I think I I thought you might be interested in. Um, and this is from the BBC. Uh, happened, you know, it just recently happened. But uh, this happened in India. An American man has been killed by an endangered tribe in India's Andaman and Nicobar Islands. Fishermen who took the man to North Sentinel Island say tribespeople shot him with arrows and left his body on the beach. He has been identified as John Allen Chow, a 27-year-old from Alabama. Contact with the endangered Andaman tribes living in isolation from the world is illegal because of the risk to them from outside disease. Estimates say the Sentinelese, who are totally cut off from civilization, number between 50 and 150. And they want to be left alone. Yeah. Yeah. Seven fishermen have been arrested for illegally ferrying the American to the islands, police said. Local media have reported that Chow may have wanted to meet the tribe. To preach Christianity, Adam. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> that's the real world, right? That's not the... I mean, I don't know. That's uh Leave him a fucking loan! It, it reminds me of, like, the North Korea thing where the guy went over there and was like, I'm going to steal some shit, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you just get shot, dude. That it's, guy, he got killed. Like, no, he I got know. tortured and killed. Oh, I know, I remember yeah. that. No, it's but the, I mean, the, it's the, the same thing. It's like... If you're allowed to be over there, just be on your best behavior. That's all you got to do. Just You got to follow their rules. They got to follow our rules when they come here. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, I hate rules. I, you know, I would love to fight against them and break <laughs> them and shit. But I also know when it's appropriate not to do that, especially when it's at the risk of danger. And if they tell you, don't fucking fuck with these people, don't fuck with them. Yeah. They, they don't want you. They yeah. don't want your Christianity. They no. have their own fucking thing going, you yeah. arrogant fucker. You know? Yeah. And, yeah, you get killed doing that. Good. I mean, I don't... It's just I, so just, stupid. The American... That's such an um, an imperialist yeah. thing. A thing that happens when you live in an imperialist like country where you're just like, I need to go teach these people well, Christian... They, they it's like a Christian know. throwback. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like uh, you know, people now like reliving experiences or you know trying to do vintage stuff and trying to like, vintage christianity yeah <laughs> well yeah uh, we, all the other countries have been we need to go turn a tribe into christians <laughs> save their souls with the blood of christ i mean it's illegal to take pictures of them because they just you don't don't fuck with them man yeah that's the rules man leave them alone well just i don't like laws but you know he was attacked by arrows, but he continued walking. The fishermen saw the tribals lie, tying a rope around his neck and dragging his body. They were scared and fled, the report added. Chow's body was spotted on 20 November, according to the Hindustan Times. His remains have yet to be recovered. Damn. It's difficult case for the police, says 
Mr. Bowamick. You can't even you can't even arrest the Yeah, you don't fucking arrest them. They're saying, well, we can't arrest them yeah. for killing this guy. No shit. No. Don't arrest them. They didn't do anything fucking wrong. Yeah. I I I just almost said I hate Christians. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all of them. I know. It's just it is that it's that awful strain. Yeah. I, I don't bother people. Right. And they, they were saying this guy was like a, uh, they were saying this guy was like a, uh, an explorer too. And it's like, go explore. Right. Another, don't explore these. These people aren't your fucking toys. They're not a museum display. Yeah. They're people living a fucking life on an island they yeah. don't want to be bothered. Who cares? Just leave them motherfucker alone. Yeah. yeah. Do their thing. You can, you'll be fine. There's so many other people you can go and bother. Yeah. Go bother somebody in another place that's used yeah. to you that you can't give a devastating disease to. Right. Because that's what they're saying. It's like this motherfucker goes there and gives them some kind of weird fucking American disease. They're not going to do well. Right. And it also is probably dangerous for them. They probably got all kinds of stuff going on out there. Who knows? Yeah. You know? Who fucking knows what's going on there? Um, wow. Last thing, I just want to, <laughs> I don't know, I just like this idea of Yell this that guy. guy's dead body. Yeah, well, fuck him, you know? Yeah, I know, it's a completely, just don't mess, stupid idea. Just real quick before we get out of here, I want to get a good news story in, and uh, it's about, uh, I'm not going to do the whole story or anything, but I wanted to just talk about how uh, Somali workers in Minnesota forced Am- Amazon to negotiate. Did you see that story? Uh, this I didn't way? read it. Yeah. Uh, soon after Hibak Muhammad emigrated to Minneapolis from Kenya, where she had been living as a refugee, in 2016, she got a job at a new Amazon warehouse near the city. At first, she enjoyed packing boxes for the delivery to customers. But over time, she said Amazon required her and her coworkers to pack at a faster rate, at least 230 items an hour, up from 160. Oh I don't know if that's a high number, but it sounds like one. I mean, just think, just trying to break that down into seconds, dude. I mean, you're that is like so much time. Yeah. I mean, that is so that is so little time. I'm sorry. Yeah, two hundred and thirty an hour. Yeah. Ooh. Fifteen seconds or something. Yeah. No. Um, at a faster rate, at least. So, Miss Muhammad, who is Muslim, and said that Amazon let her take paid breaks to pray as required by state law, but that her managers had told her that she still needed to keep pace. There's just pressure, Miss Muhammad 24 said. The people they don't fire worry the people they don't fire worry one day they will be fired. Miss Muhammad and scores of East African colleagues, many of them like her born in Somalia, responded in an unusual way for Amazon workers. They organized to complain. Damn, where was this? This is in Minneapolis. Okay. Now tied together by a close cultural connection and powered by a tight labor market, they appear to be the first known group in the United States to get Amazon management to negotiate. After modest protests over the summer, the workers have had two private meetings with management in recent months. Labor organizers and researchers said they were not aware of Amazon coming to the table previously in the United States amid pressure from workers, even for private discussion. Last week, Amazon offered some compromises at its facilities in the Minneapolis area. The company said it would require a general manager and a Somali-speaking manager to agree on any firings related to productivity rates, designate a manager to respond to individual complaints within five days, and meet with workers quarterly. By Saturday night, though, a group of about 40 workers had decided the compromises were insufficient, with a primary concern being the pace at which they were expected to work. 
They voted to stage a large protest and walk out on December 14th in the thick of the holiday season. Each community is a little different, and in each one we work to ensure our employees have a great experience with the most important element being our direct connection to our employees. Amazon said in a statement, get okay, out of here, you okay. don't have it. Ashley Robinson, a company spokeswoman, added that the this is the part that will get you. Ashley Robinson, a company spokeswoman, added that the company did not see its work with the East African workers as a negotiation, but rather as a form of community engagement similar to his outreach efforts with veterans and lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgendered employees. So the meetings they organized. Oh yeah, they're like we want all this stuff. And he's like, no, it was great. I was just meeting a little bit, talking about different cultures, how they can come together, how we can keep doing 230 boxes per hour. The workers said that the the formal meetings were the result of more than a year of organizing by the Awood Center, a nonprofit focused on helping East African workers. Um, what a beautiful story, man! Like, did just. Listen, they got something out of Amazon, a place that is, you know, increasingly weakened, I believe. Yeah. Like, I feel they gave everybody raises to $15 an hour after Bernie Sanders fucking harassed them and other people did their thing. And they're, they have proven that they will negotiate with employees. Yeah. Now, I don't care if they say it was like a cultural outreach thing. They met with those people. Those right. they, enough people got together to knock whatever the productivity goals are to get them to a normal place. That well, is organizing. Yeah, and and you have so much power in that situation because if you were to shut down the operations for one day, two day, just say a, a whole week, that would fuck up so many two day guaranteed deliveries mm-hmm. and how, so many credits. And pissed off screaming people. It would, I mean, you have so much power. Yep. Amazon has sought to squeeze more profit out of its operations as growth slows. Brian Olsavasky, the company's finance chief, told investors in October that getting better efficiencies from operation was a corporate priority. So, um, yeah. So that's a good story, man. You know, it proves that you can all get, it proves that, I mean, they had a community center that they could go meet at and stuff. But, you know, if you can get your employees all in the same place and you can get to talking, anything is possible. Yeah. You get a specific goal and you get everybody in the same place and talk to them about it. I think that anything can happen. That's that opens up a world, you know? Well, there's a good guy. There's a buddy uh, that's been a mine that's been emailing me pretty regularly. His name is Joel, but he said that uh, he he's in a union and he gets paid like forty one dollars an hour to do electrician work. But he said even he he was like all pissed because he has to do it every fucking week of the year. Like they get, they get barely any time off. So he was he went in and just started talking to everybody about like, we need more time off so I can get a fucking vacation, you know? Yeah. And, uh, cause he said most of the time they, they, people are pretty satisfied with what they got, but there's still a glaring hole in, you know, the work conditions and mm-hmm. fuck man, just got to get everybody in on it, you know? Yeah. Every once every, if everybody's together, 
then they can make sure, like, if everybody is together and they're all coming for the same thing, like, this is one of those things we've talked about a bunch of times, and this is, like, what the IWW always recommends. It's, like, organize for a specific thing. Like, it don't, you don't have to make a union yeah. right away. Eventually, you probably want some sort of collective thing, but it doesn't have to happen right away. And you can, you can like, sort of work your way yeah. to that. You know, yeah, but you can say we don't want to sign in and out for breaks, and we're not going to sign. We're not going to sign our names on a piece of paper for breaks. Yes. You know, or you know, we need a fan in the kitchen. And once you start collectivized, once you start that, it becomes a thing that can happen more often. Once you win, then people will be like, "Oh, well, you know, this is fucked up. I don't like this. Go for the next thing." Yeah, Amazon's not going to let a union in there, but right. they can't stop the people from organizing for things sure inside that place Absolutely. and it seems like it seems like i'm gonna be honest dude it seems like amazon can be bullied a lot easier than walmart ever was you know <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> all right man that's it that's the show thanks for listening we appreciate the support if you want to help us out, you can head over to patreon.com slash street fight radio we got so much bonus content over there we have Bonus audio, third shows. Brian does uh, has guests on to talk extra bullshit. He just did a one he's been telling me all about with Courtney Caldwell. She's been on the show before. Um, we also have our digital zine that comes out every single month uh, with writing and art. Comes out every like six weeks. Every single sometime when it gets done. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we also have the Undercover Business Tyrant show, which for just $5... Same price as some people are just charging for only only bonus shows on their Patreons. You get all that extra content, um, plus discounts on shirts and upcoming first announcements on shows, all that stuff. So head over to Patreon.com, Street Fire Radio for that. About to get a Shark Tank next week with yeah. Drew Toothpaste. That's yeah. going to be something new and fun, right? Yeah, yeah, that'll be good. We're going to have Drew Toothpaste down here. He runs the web- website, The Worst Thing for Sale. Among other uh, endeavors of his, but um, we're gonna watch Shark Tank. Jump into it. Uh, I'm excited. I want to switch it up. Undercover we're looking business. at doing what you what will you do too? What would yeah, you do? Yeah, with too? John Quinones, which yeah, is Brett one of my John. favorites. As soon as I said it, he was like, "With John Quinones?" Yeah, I, I love like, yeah. how fucking serious he is, man. He's <laughs> such a fucking good journalist. It's gonna get fun. Uh, thank you for tuning in, supporting what we do. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Uh, not fucking Spotify because they suck. We're Street Fight Radio. Peace. Uh-huh.